must out on the outside, the outside looking in. This is where grace begins. Friends, I'm excited for today. I'm excited to be gathered together. Um, I'm excited once again for for to be able to see your faces, even though they're partially covered. Um, I'm excited to be in the presence of God. I'm excited to celebrate Holy Communion today together um, and to do so even online together. Um, But friends, that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about the Eucharist, um, Holy Communion, Lord's Supper. uh, We call it many different things. It's the same thing. But I'd like to read a couple of a uh, couple of verses from Scripture. The first one's going to be from the Gospel of Luke, and this will probably sound familiar to many of you, um, but we'll, we'll dig into just what's going on here. The second one will be from uh, the book of Revelation. But hear, hear these words from the Gospel of Luke. And he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it. And he gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And from Revelation, it says, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person, and they with me. Will you pray with me? God, we thank you for the gift of your scriptures and the ways that you speak to us through them. We pray, God, that you would speak to us today, speak to our hearts, that we would be transformed, that our lives would take on new meaning and new significance in you. But God, have your way. Holy Spirit, speak to us. This we pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. So starting over. That's the name of our sermon series this month. We're we're talking about starting over. And it's as good a time as any to start over, to start fresh. Uh, I think many of us just were long past that desire to just start new, to to see something new happen in our lives, to see some of the the hurt and the brokenness and the pain, to see all that go by the wayside. But we're looking at what it means for us as a community to, to, to really start again, to start fresh, not discounting what has happened the last four months, but taking that into account and moving on in the knowledge of Christ's presence in our lives. But to do that, we're looking at some of those just core, key, essential practices that we undertake as followers of Jesus. You know, I think it's time to strip off some of the stuff that gets in the way, some of the distractions, and drill down to just what it is to be a follower of Jesus. And to take that on and be made new in that. But these practices, they mold us, they shape us, and they help us to be made more like Jesus. And that's that's the goal in this life, to be made more and more like Jesus. It's that simple. But we've talked about baptism and how it, it often begins for us at baptism and how baptism is about identity, ultimately about identity, about receiving a new identity in Christ Jesus and about becoming a new creation. You know, it's, it's, it's a really a, a do-over for us as individu- individuals to be made new. And we talked about how important it is for us to reclaim our baptismal calling. To reclaim our calling to be vessels of Christ's mercy and grace in this world. How we're called to reject 
the evil powers of this world. We're called to repent of our sin. We're called to resist evil and resist injustice and resist oppression and to proclaim Jesus as our Lord and Savior with every ounce of our being. This is central to our identity in Christ. And we have to have that identity nurtured within us. And one of the ways that we nurture that within us is is by attending to the things that God has given us to encounter Him, to be made new, to be transformed. And so last week we talked about the Bible, what the Bible is, and how the, the Bible is the primary way that we hear from God. It's the primary way that God speaks to us. It's the primary way of being nurtured in our faith in order to become more like Jesus. And so today we're going to talk about the communion. We're going, to, we're going to talk about the Eucharist, the Lord's Supper, and how this meal that we celebrate at this table as we gather together is really a continuation of our baptismal vows. How we affirm our baptismal vows every time we approach this table. And it's a practice that enables us to come into contact with Jesus, to be transformed, and to do so regularly, continually. As I was thinking about all of this this past week, I had an experience that, that I think just really spoke into this. It was, it was kind of a, just like a light bulb, revelatory kind of moment as I was driving. And it speaks into what it is for us to approach the Lord's table. You know, just what Eucharist really is. So maybe some of you can relate to this. I don't know if there's anyone out there, and you can raise your hand if you feel comfortable. I don't know if any of you have ever thought, said, or done something that you wish you hadn't? Right? Everyone, right? Something that you knew wasn't very Christ-like. Maybe something that you just kind of beat yourself up about later. I have to admit, it's surprisingly easy to do um, in our just our broken human nature. And I think during these past four months and on, it's, it's been especially easy to do with everything going on, all the polarity. It's easy to say and do and think things that aren't very Christ-like. It's easy to go against what we know to be the right or true as followers of Jesus. And that, by the way, is the very definition of sin. I'll spare you all the details of, of my little experience, but I, I, I had an experience just like that recently. You know, I found myself thinking some things that were not very Christ-like at all. And so later in the day as I was driving, I started thinking about that instance, and the, the Holy, Holy Spirit really convicted me of, of this of my own sin in that way. I, I, said, I said a prayer, I asked for forgiveness, and I, I committed to not letting my mind, not letting my heart go there again. And then out of nowhere, I suddenly had the song, Lord, I want to be a Christian, going through my mind. You know that one. Maybe, maybe you've heard that. Maybe you've sung it many, many times. It was out of nowhere for me because I, I probably hadn't sung that hymn in 20 plus years. I, I can remember singing it in, in church when I was a kid. And even then I thought it was a little bit repetitive and hokey. Um, but there it was. In my head, 
on repeat for the rest of the day. But as, as I had that song going on uh, just a loop in my head, I started thinking about how strange that song really seems, at least at first glance. How strange it is. I mean, it's in the Methodist hymnal. Many of us have sung it perhaps hundreds of times. But it's interesting to me that groups of people, even all around the world, who consider themselves already to be Christians, sing the words, Lord, I want to be a Christian. Lord, I want to be a Christian. But, but as, as the song just kept tirelessly looping through my brain, I kept going through the verses. Lord, I want to be a Christian. Lord, I, I want to be more loving. Lord, I want to be more holy. Lord, I want to be like Jesus. And so that just became my prayer throughout the rest of the day. And then it struck me in the most you know, obvious way. That the words to that song are not, Lord, I am so grateful that I'm a Christian. Lord, I'm so thankful that I am loving. I'm so glad that I am holy. God, I thank you that I am like Jesus. Those are not the words. Instead, that song expresses the desire that we all have during those times when we realize that sometimes we are not any of those things. That we are not very Christian, not very loving, not very holy, and not like Jesus. This speaks into so much of what it means to be a Christian. And really, it has everything to do with what happens as we gather around this table. In fact, it's almost exactly what happens when we gather around this table. You know, to be a Christian, to be a follower of Jesus, does not mean that we have attained something. Um, it, it, to be a Christian doesn't mean that we have arrived. Instead, to be a Christian means to be on the way. The early Christian church, it was called the way. That's simply what they called the way. To be a Christian means that we are on the way toward being made more loving, more holy, and more like Jesus, knowing that we are not there yet. And this becoming, it happens by continually coming into contact with Jesus and being made new. And not just coming into contact with the idea of Jesus. It's not just reading about and gaining you know, head knowledge of Jesus, but by coming into contact with the real, risen Lord Jesus who died, who rose, and who will come again. It's the presence of Jesus that we encounter fully, fully at His table as we celebrate the meal that He instituted for us and for anyone else who hears His invitation to come. Eucharist, communion, Lord's Supper, it's all about invitation. It's all about giving and receiving a gift. It's all about repentance. It's all about the Holy Spirit's work to remake us and send us out into the world. And this is why this meal has come to be called the Eucharist. Some of, some of the early, earliest sources we have, you know, they call it the Eucharistic meal. Uh, and the word Eucharist just means thanksgiving. It's a word that just means thanksgiving. 
And it's the idea of giving thanks for all of God's mighty works of salvation in and through Jesus, for all that Jesus has done to save us and all of His creation. So our understanding of of the Eucharist, of Holy Communion, it, it begins with the idea of invitation. The passage I read earlier from Revelation, it gives us a a vision of Jesus' early work. I think it's, I I, I love this this vision. You know, Jesus, he, he says, here I am, here I am, I stand at the door and knock. We have this this vision of of Jesus' earthly work that He makes Himself known. Here I am. He stands in our midst. He knocks at the door and offers us an invitation to hear Him and to invite Him in. To eat with Him at His, His great victory feast on the day when all things will be redeemed and made new. It's an allusion to, to, to that great moment when we will gather together all of God's faithful in, in His presence and share in this great victory feast that celebrate the redemption and the restoration of all things. Well, what we do here every you know, once a month, first Sunday of the month, or whenever we do it, is simply a foretaste of that day. A foretaste of that great feast of victory. And it points to the work that Jesus does in our own individual lives and our life together as the church. At the table, Jesus invites us to come. To allow Him into our lives. To experience redemption. To be transformed. To be made new. Completely new. And to receive the gift of His Spirit to go out into the world as a vessel of His kingdom work of making all things new. We approach the table because Jesus invites us. And because Jesus wants our company. He wants us there. He wants to embrace us. He wants to share this meal with us. He wants to share Himself with us to make us new. At the same time, we are freed to invite Jesus into our own lives and literally to receive Him into our bodies in this Eucharistic meal. So Eucharist, Holy Communion, it teaches us that invitation and hospitality is a way of life. You know, it's, it's what Jesus modeled. We are invited and in turn invite Jesus into our lives Maybe, you know, we could describe it as inviting Jesus into our messes. And then also, we extend that invitation to our neighbors. That they would experience that same life-giving and transforming grace and mercy of Jesus. And that's the really scandalous part about Jesus' invitation, right? It's it's far from being an invitation to join a a secret club. You know, it's not a secret club when we gather around this table with a, 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 you know, our own little handshake and maybe decoder rings or something. It's not an invitation to join a, a little secret club. Jesus', Jesus invitation is extended to all. All. Everyone. Literally, I mean, I can't emphasize that enough. Literally everyone. I think that's, that's why I love 
you know, in our tradition, how we celebrate it, that this table is open to all people. It's not my table. It's not Ozark UMC's table. It is the Lord's table, and He invites all to come and receive the gift that He offers. All are invited. That's the scandalous part of it. Every single person you know, every single person you have ever encountered in the world is invited by Christ to receive Him. In this passage I read from Luke, as Jesus is celebrating His, his last earthly meal with His disciples, you know, we know the story. He takes the bread and he, he gives thanks for it. He blesses it and He, he breaks it. Breaks the bread. Like the breaking of His body. And He gives it to His disciples. And He tells His disciples that that bread is His body broken for them. And that they should break it and eat it every time they celebrate that meal in remembrance of Him. You know, we say those words when we celebrate this meal. But what is, what is it really that we are remembering? The word remember in the Greek uh, it, it carries with it a connotation as meaning not only remembrance as, you know, kind of mental remembrance, but also a participation. We remember, but we participate. So in the Lord's Supper, we remember and become participants in God's story. We don't just remember what it said in the Bible, remember the words of the Bible. We participate. We become participants in God's story. The story of all His mighty works of salvation. We remember and participate in God's gift. The gift of His death. The affirmation of His resurrection. And the expectation of His coming again. Our God invites, but is also the eternal giver in and through Jesus. Jesus is the gift and the giver when we approach His table. And He seeks to give us new life. You know, He, he seeks to give us literally a do-over. New life. And to encourage and empower us to continue on in that new life. And this, this is for any of us. It doesn't matter if we've been following Jesus all of our lives for 80 years, or if we haven't even yet approached the throne of His mercy. The gift is the same. We all approach the table knowing that we are deficient and incapable, incapable of redeeming ourselves. And we receive every bit of mercy and grace and peace and joy and life that Christ offers. And we are made completely new. And in this way, the Eucharist is it's a continuation of the life we receive at baptism. And, and something we do regularly, that should say something to us. You know, we're, we're to celebrate this regularly. That means we probably regularly need all that Christ has to offer. Eucharist is about invitation. It's also about giving, as well as the giver. At the table, the, the simple everyday elements of, of bread and wine or bread and grape juice are understood to be the very presence of Jesus. 
you know, this bread and this, this wine, it's, it's the body and blood of Jesus in some mysterious way. God becoming flesh. You know, you think about that. God became like one of us. He became materiality. And that's the very core of the Gospel message. We call it the incarnation, the enfleshment. God putting on flesh and blood. It's the very core of the Gospel. So God's presence in and through something so simple as bread and wine is a sign to us. Pointing to the reality of God's creation. His creation of and love for all the created world. So the Eucharist, I think, should, should cause us to look at the world differently. It should cause us to see everything differently. That everything and everyone is, is imbued with this sacramental quality. That everyone we encounter, everything we encounter is a creation of God. That literally everything we have, everything we are, is a gift of God. That the world is a gift. The Eucharist teaches us to care for, to love, to protect, to nurture, and through Jesus and the Holy Spirit to redeem all that God has created. You know, there's, there's nothing under the sun that Christ's love and redemption does not touch. That includes you and me. That includes even our enemies. I think this is why repentance plays such a prominent role in our understanding of Holy Communion. Because repentance is the acknowledgement that we are often not loving. We are often not holy. We are often not like Jesus. Repentance acknowledges our desire to be made new. And our inability to do it ourselves. That, that's why we sing, Lord, I want to be a Christian. Repentance, though, doesn't stop with just acknowledging these things. But involves making the changes in our own lives that will clear the way for Christ and the Holy Spirit to have their way in us. You know, we have something for which we need to repent. We turn towards Jesus, and then we stop doing those things. That's the nature of repentance. You know, it's, it's, it's just a change of heart and life. This is what we do when we approach the table in Holy Communion. You know, Holy Communion, it, it acknowledges this. You know, this is the food we need to prevent ourselves from starving as a result of our own self-absorption, as a result of our own pride, as a result of our forgetfulness. And it's not a reward. You know, it's a it's not a reward, something we can gain or earn. It is, like everything about Jesus, a free gift. We take Holy Communion not because we are doing well. You know, I know a lot of traditions, they, they, you know, the idea is that you, you have to fully repent before you can approach to receive these elements. I don't know about that. I, I you know... We, we take Holy Communion not because we are doing well, not because we have it all together, but because we are doing poorly. 
Not because we have arrived, but because we are journeying. Not because we are right, but because we are often confused and wrong. Not because we have arrived. Not because we have it all together, but because we know we don't. And it's not because we're divine, but because we are human. Not because we are full, but because we are starving. And we come together as the church, the body of Christ, not to celebrate ourselves and how well we are doing, but to celebrate the eternal gift that is always there. And to give thanks, the, the, the thanks that are drawn out from us, from that gift. But having responded to Christ's invitation, having received His gift, having honestly turned toward Jesus, we are then empowered, enabled, and commissioned by the Holy Spirit to renew the face of the earth. Do you hear that? You think about what goes on. But you think about the, the story of the Gospel, right? It's, it's a bunch of ra- it's just this ragtag group of folks that God uses to make things new. Right? In and through Jesus. He calls out the, the, the least and the lost. And he, he empowers them to go out and renew the face of the earth. That's our story. What a gift. We are enabled to see humanity and the whole created world in a, just a fresh, new way. Seeing people and things sacramentally. Seeing the holiness and depth within them. And then we are sent out. Sent out to renew the face of the earth. We call, you know, I talk about this often, we call this meal, Eucharist, Holy Communion, Lord's Supper, in a lot of traditions it's called the Mass. And I, I, I like that understanding as well because we, we have that understanding. But the, the word Mass literally means ascending forth. We gather at this table. We receive everything that Christ has to offer us. We receive new life. And we're sent out. Sent from the table to go and renew the face of the earth. What a gift. Being sent out into the world as commissioned vessels of God's work to redeem and restore everything. At this table, we experience the transformational power of Jesus. And because of this, we go from the table to the work of transfiguring the world in God's power. Living out our baptismal calling. Seeing the world in a new light. Seeing other people with new eyes. And working as best we can to bring God's purpose nearer to fruition in this world. We sing, Lord, I want to be a Christian. Well, God works in us at this table to make us more Christian. To make us more loving. To make us more holy. To make us more like Jesus. And not just in our hearts, right? Because that's what the song says. I want to be a Christian in my heart. But it's not just in our hearts. It's in our lives as well. Nothing less than all of this happens when we approach and gather around the Lord's table. You think about that. Nothing less than all of this happens. 
for that short time when we gather as God's guests at God's table, the church becomes what it is meant to be. You know, a cute community of strangers, this ragtag group of folks who have become guests together and are listening together to the invitation of God. In a moment, we're going to celebrate this great meal, this holy meal. And my prayer is that you would hear the invitation. You would hear the invitation of Christ to come, simply come and receive. Receive the free gift that He offers as a free gift of life to be made new. And the gift, whether we've been doing this our whole lives or whether we are standing at the, at the door not knowing if we should walk in, the gift is the same. The fullness of life in Christ. To be made new. And to be empowered by the Holy Spirit to go out into the world to renew the face of the earth. Hear the invitation. Receive the gift. Turn around, face Christ, throw off everything that you've been carrying with you and receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Friends, as we gather to celebrate this meal, you know, we talked about repentance and repentance is an important part of this. That we have a need to turn back to Christ. Uh, to throw off the things that, that uh, we carry with us. Uh, to ask for His mercy and grace. So I invite you to join me in this prayer of confession. You'll find it on the screen. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved You with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done Your will. We have broken Your law. We have rebelled against Your love. We have not loved our neighbors. And we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Friends, I want you to hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. And this proves... God's love for us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Friends, having confessed our sin before God, we gather together around this table and we remember, we remember but we also participate in the fullness of what God has done, His mighty acts of salvation. So I invite you to join me as we tell the story, remember the story, and celebrate all of Christ's works. But the Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to You, Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in Your image and breathed into us the breath of life. 
When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets. And so, with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, 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 Lord God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Holy, 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 Lord God. Blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. Your Spirit anointed Him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, and ate with sinners. By the baptism of His suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. And when the Lord Jesus ascended, He promised to be with us always in the power of Your Word and Holy Spirit. So we remember and we tell the story about how on the night in which He gave Himself up for us, He took bread and He broke it. I imagine it was pretty ugly. Not a clean thing to break a piece of bread. It was not a clean thing for Christ to die on the cross for us and for all of creation. It's prefigured in, in his wounds. But he gave it to his disciples and he said, Take and eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And after the supper, he took the cup. He gave thanks to you. Gave the cup to his disciples and said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these Your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the great mystery of our faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us 
the body and the blood of Christ that we may be for the world, the body of Christ redeemed by His blood. By Your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at His heavenly banquet. Lord, all honor, all glory is Yours. This we pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Now, with the confidence of the children of God, let us pray the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Friends, I invite you to take your little self-contained cup. These are fancy little things, aren't they? Um, or whatever you have at home. Um, I invite you to take them out. And friends... As you receive the body and the blood of Christ, know that you are receiving a gift given without price. So no matter where you, you've been, no matter where you are, no matter what you've experienced, the gift is, is the same. You're invited to receive the fullness of Christ's mercy and grace. So friends, receive this gift of our Lord Jesus Christ. The body and the blood of Christ broken and shed for you. Amen. Sing along with me. We all start on the outside, the outside looking in. This is where grace begins. We were hungry, we were thirsty, with nothing left to give. Oh, the shape that we were in. Just when all hope seemed lost, love opened the door for us. He said, come to the table. Come join the sinners who have been redeemed. Take your place beside the Savior. Sit down and to the table come to the table come meet this motley crew of misfits these liars and these thieves there's no one unwelcome here 
So that sin and shame that you brought with you, you can leave it at the door and let mercy draw you near. Come to the table. Come join the sinners who have been redeemed. Take your place beside the Savior. Sit down and be set free. Come to the table. To the hero and the coward, to the prisoner and the soldier, to the young and to the older, all who hunger, all who thirst, all the last and all the first, all the paupers and the princes, all who failed, you've been forgiven, all who dream and all who suffer, all who've loved and lost another, all the chained and all the free. All who follow, all who lead, anyone who's been let down, all the lost who have been found, all who've been labeled right or wrong, to everyone who hears this song. Come to the table, come join the sinners, you have been redeemed, take your place. Table. Come to the table.